We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to WBBM In-Depth. My name's Lauren Brown. The spread of a new coronavirus variant, Omicron, in South Africa has U.S. health officials calling on residents to continue following protocols to prevent the spread of infection. Many officials say that it won't be long before we see it here in Chicago. This afternoon, the Chicago Department of Public Health held a press conference where CDPH Commissioner Dr. Arwady discussed the Omicron variant and more updates on COVID-19. So first, our travel advisory. Uh, as of today, we are removing California, Guam, and North Carolina from the travel advisory. There are new, no new states being added. You can see most of the country still, 38 states are in orange, meaning for unvaccinated travelers, you should be testing before and after uh, and quarantining. This again, does not apply to fully vaccinated travelers. I do wanna note that Michigan, Minnesota, and Wisconsin currently have the highest highest rates of COVID-19 in the country per capita. Uh, obviously, these are all close to Chicago. It's part of why we are doubling down on our efforts to get folks vaccinated and continue to protect Chicago. Here in the city, uh, here is where our numbers are in terms of our risk levels. So we're currently averaging just under 500 cases per day. Uh, that's actually down a little bit, but largely that's because of changes in testing patterns over the Thanksgiving holiday, which I'll talk about. Uh, that does keep us in the high transmission or the high risk status uh, from CDC. Our test positivity is at 3.5%, uh, which puts us in the lower transmission. We're still doing plenty of testing. For hospital capacity, we're at that substantial transmission risk. Uh, where there's approximately 300 Chicagoans hospitalized, but not in the ICU with COVID on a given day. And then we're averaging about 86 uh, Chicagoans in the ICU with COVID. Um, so that's where we are overall. I wanted to just highlight the, the holiday patterns here. Uh, so as of November 22nd, we were averaging over 600 cases, 613 cases per day. Uh, as of today, though, we're at 493. A lot of that is because with the four-day weekend around Thanksgiving, we see a big drop-off in people being tested, being diagnosed. In that setting, we see positivity come up, uh, but we see a dip. And so you can see last year, uh, we, were, we were on the decline, but you can see in blue there for last Thanksgiving and then purple last Christmas, we saw a dip and then sort of a rise. That's a combination of both a change in testing and likely some increased transmission uh, that occurs in the setting of holiday gatherings. So I just wanted to highlight highlight that we would expect to see a similar pattern, but we won't, we, we, it would be too early to be seeing it at this point. 
Uh, test positivity is continuing to increase at 3.5%, uh, but we have adequate testing uh, doing typically 20,000 tests or more a day uh, in the absence of uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. As you know, last week we did hit that 77% goal uh, in honor of Chicago's 77 community areas where 77% of Chicagoans age 12 and up have received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. But there is definitely still more work to do and particularly in the setting of this new news about the Omicron variant, it is important that people get, get vaccinated now. Uh, in terms of landmarks uh, and benchmarks across the city, citywide, we are now at 77.2% of those uh, age 12 and up having had a vaccine. And this week, some of the milestones we hit, Roseland hit 60%, uh, Chicago Lawn hit that 77% mark, the near west side reached 80%, and West Lawn down in the southwest there hit 90% of Chicagoans 12 and up having had that first dose. So congrats to all of those community areas. Every single week, we are seeing communities hit these important benchmarks and make really good progress. The dark blue on the map here shows us the community areas that have hit at least that 77%. And we continue to be very focused on the community areas that are not there yet, but we are making good progress in all areas. Similarly, where we look at the uh, percent that have a completed vaccine series, uh, meaning they've had both of those doses for Pfizer or Moderna, we're at just under 71% as the city. And you can see in dark blue, uh, relatively fewer communities that have hit 77% fully vaccinated. So um, it's good, but it's not quite good enough, particularly with variants emerging. Uh, the uptake among 5 to 11 year olds for vaccines does continue to rise. You know, we've been working with CPS closely on this and I've been pleased with the relatively uh, quick uptake here. We've hit 23%, uh, so almost one in four of Chicagoans 5 to 11 have had that first dose. And we're just starting to see those second doses come in because it's been almost three weeks uh, or just about three weeks. So just about 1% have, but we expect, uh, especially this coming weekend, a lot of 5 to 11 year olds to get that second dose. Um, and again, doing this now helps you be more protected uh, as we head into the holidays at the end of the year. Where can you get your child a vaccine? We keep getting questions about this. There are about 200 locations across Chicago with pediatric vaccine. There are almost 700 locations across Chicago with adult vaccine. So lots of places with vaccine. Best place to start is with your pediatrician, your family doctor or clinic, your hospital or your pharmacy. Uh, there are also community-based events. This Saturday, we're at Daly College um, uh, from nine to two and Wilbur Wright College uh, on Sunday from nine to two doing second doses for kids that got their first doses, uh, as well as, of course, initial COVID doses for everybody. And protect Chicago at home. As a reminder, 312-746-4835 is the number that anybody can call with any question about vaccine, anybody who needs help finding a vaccine, finding a booster, finding a vaccine for your child, give us a call. We are in the process of, of scaling back some of the community-specific events that tend to have relatively smaller numbers, we're moving that capacity actually into our at-home program. So starting next week, for the first time, we will be expanding our at-home program to seven-day operations. So the first appointments will be available on weekends starting uh, December 11th. That is in concert with already having evening availability. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's you call that number, we bring a vaccine free to your house. Uh, when people are getting their first or second doses of vaccine, you do get that financial 
financial incentive, the $100, uh, but more importantly, you get the protection. So we're you'll be hearing us backing off on more of the community-based events, putting additional effort into here, um, and uh, of course, continuing to monitor where we need to make sure there's vaccine availability and awareness. You'll hear more about CPS's work on that. So as I said, always, if you need a vaccine, you need a booster, you have a question, 312-746-4835 or chai.gov slash COVIDVax. Uh, getting vaccinated now in time for the holidays, you can still get a J&J &J before December 11th to be vaccinated for Christmas, December 12th for Kwanzaa, or December 17th for New Year's Eve. Very quickly on Omicron, I spent a lot of time on it on Facebook this morning. So if you want to see the science or talk about it, it's posted on the page. Um, but I just wanted to high level, make sure people know what we're doing about it here. So it's been just two weeks since this new variant was detected. November 11 to 14 were when specimens were collected in Botswana and South Africa that later were identified as Omicron. Uh, and then November 23 is when it was sequenced in South Africa. I really want to note this is incredibly fast for this kind of work. Um, and it's really an, a, an example of the investments that have been made, um, not just nationally, but internationally in terms of this higher level of testing and surveillance. And I really wanna congratulate South Africa for not, ha not only having built this system, um, but having being very transparent and open um, about the emergence. So uh, by November 24th, we were seeing reports in a number of countries. November 26th, this was designated a variant of concern by the WHO, and I'll remind you what that is. Um, as of yesterday, it had already been detected in Africa, in Asia, Australia, Europe, um, in Canada. It had not been detected in the US, but I have no reason to think that there are not at least a few cases of it here, and I would expect us to uh, be formally detecting it in, in um, days or weeks. Uh, this is the current worldwide distribution. Uh, most of these have been linked to travelers at this point from Southern Africa. Uh, as a reminder, viruses do replicate. They copy themselves, which is what leads to the mutations. Viruses have to be in a human or in an animal to copy themselves. And it's when they are copying themselves millions of times over, your immune system is trying to fight off that virus, but it doesn't happen before the copies are made. The virus is trying to spread, and the mutations are just in all of that copying if an error gets made in the genetic code, a little change in the genetic fingerprint. When the virus copies, that error can get passed on. If we see one of these errors make the virus stronger in some way, make it easier to get into the host, make it more contagious, uh, make the vaccines less likely to work, that virus, that version of the virus, that variant of the virus is the one that's likely to outcompete the other ones. And it's the ones that's likely to, you're gonna detect it the most. That's what we've seen in Delta. So the point is, the more virus that is circulating in a population, the more the virus itself can change. So here in Chicago, yes, we care about protecting you and your families with vaccine, but it also helps cut down the risk for mutations because it cuts down the risk of spread. When we see mutations is when the virus copies itself and spreads. And so it's important that we think not just about vaccine here in Chicago, but internationally. As you know, I shared previously, I'm really proud of the fact that the Chicago Department of Public Health is, I believe, the only jurisdiction, the only city or state in the country that successfully returned vaccine 
to be sent internationally when we had a lot of unused vaccine here on the shelf. I just was not comfortable. My team was not comfortable with letting that go to waste. I've worked internationally, including in South Africa and Botswana, and we have such good monitoring, cold storage, security, inventory systems here, best in the country, that we were able to meet all of the requirements to actually return and send that vaccine international. It's just a small piece, but it is critical that as a world, we think about making sure we are cutting opportunities for variants. All right. Um, as a quick reminder, there are three levels of variants. If you remember nothing else, try to remember this. When variants first get noticed, they're called a variant of interest, a VOI. It means we're interested in this variant. We're seeing repeated transmission, but we don't necessarily know that it's bad from a public health perspective, okay? Next level is a variant of concern meaning we're seeing repeated transmission and we're concerned about it. Why are we concerned? Maybe it's more transmissible, it's more contagious. Maybe it's more able to evade our immune system, either from prior infection or for vaccine. Maybe it's making us sicker. Maybe it's making our treatments less likely to work. Any of these things means that that variant can be labeled a variant of concern. There have only been five variants of concern identified by the WHO, Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, and now, right away, this one was already labeled a variant of concern. It was not a variant of interest first because of the way it emerged in South Africa uh, and because we're already concerned about it, even as we're learning more about it. There is a third level of variant, variant of high consequence. We have not had one of these yet. If we get a variant that is labeled a variant of high consequence, literally that means we're highly concerned about it, uh, that really the vaccines are not working well, or really there's been some major change that's a big, big setback. It's possible that Omicron could be designated a variant of high consequence, but it has not been yet. Right now, it remains a variant of concern because we think it is likely more transmissible, more contagious than Delta based on the pattern that we were seeing in South Africa. Uh, it may be more likely to evade our own immune system's lessons, meaning we may see more breakthrough infections in people who are vaccinated, and we may see more repeat infections in people who previously had had COVID. We don't have any real evidence at this point that it's making people sicker, but they're still doing the work to figure that out. Uh, and at this point, the treatments, especially the oral treatments that should be coming soon, should work just fine. The testing also should work just fine. So it's gonna take two to three weeks to finish some of the testing about how well the vaccines respond. Uh, it's gonna take a couple of weeks to do the follow-up of people who've been infected with this Omicron variant to see how sick they get, to see how their responses are. Uh, but we're in that middle category right now, which means, yes, I'm concerned about it. No, the sky is not falling, but we need to be serious and we need to get people vaccinated now. Uh, just to show you this visually, and I talked about this on Facebook, remember a variant is just the fancy name for a version of the virus that has a pattern of mutations in the genetic fingerprint. And what you see here is each of those columns shows you the variant, I and mean, shows you the mutation um, that we've seen. So like that one on the left there, you don't have to see the details, but that's alpha. That was the first big variant of concern. And you can see counting down there, it had about seven of those those variants and uh, of those um, 
um, mutations on the top and then three on the bottom. That one on the right there is Omicron. So it's got 50 different mutations, by far the most that we have seen in any uh, virus to date. Those ones on the top, they share with other variants. So it's got some of the same mutations that Delta had. It's got some of the same mutations that Beta had. It's got some of the same mutations that Alpha had. And that's why we can know just from looking at the genetic fingerprint that probably this is going to be more contagious, that there's a good chance we're going to lose a little bit of that protection, at least, from the vaccines. Uh, but we're still learning. And then all those ones on the bottom are some new, uh, new mutations that we've not necessarily seen in other uh, variants and that we're still learning about. A lot of these mutations are also in what's called the spike region. That's often where, that's, that's the part of the uh, virus that is trying to get into the cell. And where, where we see changes in that, we know those can sometimes be a problem. So. Uh, just to sort of finish out on the evidence, um, this is, besides the genetic fingerprint, we're concerned because of how quickly this emerged in South Africa. Everything has been Delta, okay, for months. Here in Chicago, here in Illinois, here in the U.S., even around the world, Delta was very contagious. It was a very strong variant, and it outcompeted everything else, which is good news for us. When the, when the virus is not changing, it gives us a good chance to get people vaccinated and stop more and more of uh, the opportunity for variants to emerge. However, what we see here from South Africa is the number of days that it took uh, for most of the virus in the country to be a certain variant. So in green there is the beta variant. It took about 100 days to get to a point where half of the virus in South Africa was the beta virus. Uh, beta variant. If you look at the blue line, that's the Delta variant. It took about 100 days to get to the point where 90% of the virus in South Africa was the Delta variant. Red is the Omicron variant. So it took about 10 days to get to the point where 90% of the virus that they're detecting in South Africa is that Omicron variant. So it's clearly quite competitive. We, there's more to do, but that's part of why we're worried. Uh, and so we think it's likely that it's more transmissible. We think it's likely there will be some more immune escape, um, meaning that humans are less likely to be fully protected as a result of vaccination or prior infection. Note that fully protected. Uh, we still absolutely expect that the vaccines will continue to have uh, some protection, especially against severe disease. We're still learning there's different kinds of immune antibodies and T cells, lots to learn. Critical that you get vaccinated, critical that you get boosted, okay? That's going to also really help. Uh, we're still learning about treatments. Uh, we're still learning about severe disease, and testing looks fine. Uh, nationally, the U.S. announced na uh, restrictions from eight countries in Southern Africa yesterday. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some increased testing and quarantine requirements for international travelers coming. Uh, as a reminder, the city of Chicago's travel advisory is only for domestic travel. Uh, we defer to the CDC on international travel. And locally, what are we doing about this? So I'm pleased to say that, uh, you know, for a year or so, we have been doing uh, much, much more of this kind of variant checking, uh, genomic sequencing than we'd ever done before. The Chicago Department of Public Health, we did not have this capacity prior to COVID. There was some capacity at the state lab, but it was not something that has been invested in, honestly, at the uh, national level. So as the CDC has been providing us additional funding, we, like many places around the country, have been building up the capacity to do the sequencing. So we have something called Ripple, 
the regional innovative public health laboratory that is specifically uh, testing four variants across Chicago. Our, it's federal funding and our main collaborator here is Rush University Medical Center, but we partner with multiple hospitals across Chicago. Uh, and at really every week, we're asking them to send us a random sample of uh, positive COVID tests so that we can do that genetic fingerprint on them. And this sample is representative of the city population in terms of demographics and geography. Uh, we partner with so many hospitals in the state and obviously the feds. Um, and then in addition, there are labs that do their own sequencing. No matter where you are in the world, when you are doing sequencing, it is all being uploaded into a single database. And at the national level, um, we actually have the capacity now to detect a new variant or say the Omicron variant all the way down to 0.01%, meaning if one in 10,000 infections is this Omicron variant, it will get picked up. So I expect it likely to be picked up relatively soon. We are increasing our Chicago-wide collection of sampling for genetic sequencing. We're asking these partner um, hospitals to double the number of uh, samples that they're sending us. And in addition to the routine surveillance, we also look for situations that might be concerning, where we are seeing an outbreak, where we are seeing unusual breakthroughs. If we've seen somebody get COVID for a third time, we're wanting to look some more at that um, to see whether those might be variants. So that's two different kinds of additional genetic testing that's happening here. Uh, it's one of the areas we've grown in the most, and it's something that we've really needed to grow in the most uh, in public health. Um, there's also some additional things that can be done in the laboratory and additional PCRs to test that can speed it up. And then we are also continuing our local wastewater sampling efforts. Um, if folks are not aware of this, this is really a innovative public health tool that again, we did not have in place prior to COVID. We've been working with many, many partners to grow this. The idea is that um, as opposed to waiting for someone who has COVID symptoms to go and get a test and trust that that's all gonna happen, you can actually sample um, the sewage uh, because if somebody has COVID, you can find COVID in their poop. Uh, and you're able to actually, there, as this has been developing, you can use it to look at things like levels of opioids, uh, levels of all different variants, uh, not variants, different viruses, uh, levels of COVID. And here even um, we're working, in, in this case, the uh, Discovery Partner Institute at University of Illinois at Chicago is the main partner here. The Walder Foundation really got us started on this here, and now we've gotten some additional funding, but there's lots and lots of academic partners. Argonne National Lab is the one that's working on the primer for Omicron, should have that this week. Um, and in addition to being able to sample sort of at the city level, how much COVID are you seeing? You can actually do some sampling at manhole levels to see what's happening in neighborhoods. We've been doing some sampling. Again, this isn't a preliminary kind of way at Cook County Jail, where you can see if you're sampling from different uh, you know, units of the jail. Do we have a case in there? If we have a case in there, let's get in there. Let's test. Let's vaccinate. Let's do this. We're planning to add some additional local wastewater sampling at O'Hare. This doesn't tell you who has COVID or the variant but it tells you that it's there and it helps give you a sense. So this is an example of some of the really innovative new public health uh, laboratory work that we have now in Chicago as a result of uh, COVID investments. Um, so in a final, we are well placed to detect on Omicron variant and we likely will soon. I am not concerned about detecting the variant. I'm concerned about how we respond to it. How we respond to the variant is all about getting vaccinated, getting boosters, 
as a reminder, all Chicagoans, 18 and over, should get a vaccine booster six months after getting Pfizer or Moderna or two months after getting J&J. Keep wearing those masks indoors and keep doing the things that have gotten us this far. Staying home if you're sick, hand washing, distancing. I don't have anything else magic to offer you with the Omicron variant. I have the vaccines. They remain excellent, especially at protecting uh, for severe outcomes. And I don't want this to go on forever, just like you don't want this to go on forever. Please take the opportunity right now to get that vaccine. Safe, effective, available. And we've got to stop sitting on vaccine here in the U.S. and get it to the rest of the world. That is what is going to stop these sorts of variants emerging. That's what's going to actually finally get the world past COVID. So get it done now. Get your booster. We'll be ready for whatever comes. And thanks again for everything that you've been doing to get us this far. For all the latest updates, tune in to WBBM News Radio. Thanks for tuning in to WBBM In Depth. Don't forget to subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A News Radio WBBM podcast, powered by Odyssey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.